0: Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. We're not in a series right now, so I'm going to be sharing in the next two or three weeks some different single messages that I wanted to share. And as we approach Thanksgiving, you know, Thanksgiving is in less than two weeks? It is, it's right around the corner. But I felt really compelled to share a message to encourage our souls. The Bible states in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25, it says, Anxiety is a man's, in a man's heart weighs him down. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. How many need a good word today? Come on. How many need a good word just to lift you up, to encourage the heart? Over the last few weeks, I don't know if you have, but I've just experienced some heaviness. Anybody out there just kind of experience some heaviness with everything that's happening in the world and all the politics that are taking place and, and all the things you're going like, what in the world can happen here? And with the political unrest and Israel being attacked and innocent people killed and kidnapped and Israel retaliating and and, and they have the right as a country to do so, but yet at the same time, we know that lives are being lost. Innocent lives are being lost in that process. This stuff becomes heavy. I remember driving down the I-5 freeway just a few weeks ago. In fact, one of our police officers, Matt, actually responded to the call. I was driving down the freeway and I'm going to go pick up my son, Evan, at the airport. Evan and Ashley and Joel, our second grandson. And as I was driving down there, all of a sudden I see this man dressed in a uniform standing on top of an overpass, and he's in a uniform, and he's literally waving a Nazi flag. And I I was angry and sad all at the same time. And my heart is just like, this heaviness came over me. I thought, oh, how disturbing it was. Here we are, a country who fought and bled in World War II to free the Jewish people from the atrocities of Nazism and How that spirit of darkness is still here. Then add the lives that are lost at the Maui fire. You know, that just recently happened. Uh, All the lives that were lost in the fire on Maui. And then, then don't mean, it's not even mentioned the hurricane that came through Acapulco. That's not even hardly gotten any news, and lives were lost, and people were devastated. There's been so much heaviness recently as we walk into Thanksgiving. I'm going, man, I need to take that heaviness off my life. See, it's easy in moments to lose our focus and put our focus on the storms that surround us. I mean, it doesn't include your personal storms. Maybe you're going through a loss of a job or, or maybe you've been going through a divorce situation or whatever it might be, a death of a loved one, broken relationship. Just the struggle with the temptation of sin can cause them bring heaviness into your life. We can feel that we're sinking, that we're failing, Like Peter stepping out in the boat. Remember Peter? Man, he was so full of faith. He stepped out in that boat, but then all of a sudden, when he saw the wind and he saw the waves that started coming, all of a sudden, his spirit started to sink. His spirit and his physical body followed. When his spirit started to sink, his physical body started to sink in the water because he took his eyes off of Jesus and he put his eyes on the problems that surrounded him. We know that out there on the water, Peter was not alone. Jesus was there. When Peter cried out, Lord, save me, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and he grabbed a hold of Peter Jesus then challenged Peter, he said, you have little faith, why did you doubt? We live in a world where our faith in Jesus, and I declare this to you today, our faith in Jesus is really our only hope. It's our only option. If we put our faith in anything else, our faith will eventually be lost. And all of a sudden we'll live in a state of hopelessness. Because lasting hope cannot be found in this world. It cannot be found in yourself. Lasting hope, eternal hope is only found in Christ. The creator of the heavens and the earth. Listen to what King David writes in Psalms 42.5. He says, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Anybody asked that question before? Hoping God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. I've asked that question before. I don't know if you have. It's a great question to ask. Why am I sad today? Why do I feel this heaviness in my life? And I love, the reason it's good to ask that question, because all of a sudden it awakens us that I'm focused on something else besides Christ. Christ. And David says, why am I sad? I will put my hope back in my Lord and Savior. I will put my hope back in God, the creator of heavens and earth. Where is your hope today? If you have heaviness in your life, what happens is so many times when we misplace our hope into something that is temporary in, instead of something that is eternal. If you're struggling with heaviness, redirect your hope and start praising God. God. The title of my message today is A Garment of Praise. In a recent message, I referred to a temptation, the temptation of Jesus when he went into the wilderness. I've shared this story many times. How Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River by John the Baptist. He goes into the water. He comes out, and the Holy Spirit all of a sudden descends upon him. And the the Heavenly Father said, this is my son whom I am well pleased. And all of a sudden, immediately, he is taken by the Spirit of God to go face testing or temptation by the devil himself for 40 days. But the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, was upon him. And Jesus conquered the testing because through the word of the God, he conquered every test that came his way. And many times, what happens, we stop the story right there. But I want to continue that story. What takes place after Jesus' temptation, after he goes into the wilderness? It says that the Holy Spirit is upon him still. And he returns and he goes into Galilee. And he starts to preach and starts to share in the different synagogues. When Jesus arrived in his hometown of Nazareth, as was the custom for his custom on the Sabbath, Jesus went to the synagogue. As he stood up to read the scriptures, the scroll of the book of Isaiah, it was a scroll, that was handed to Jesus and Jesus opened up that scroll and he began to read. And he read from Isaiah 61, we're going to read the account from Luke chapter 4. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set the liberty to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the lord's favor jesus then rolled up the scroll and sat down said enough that was it All eyes, it says in Scripture, all the eyes in the synagogue, all the eyes in the church were upon Jesus. The words that he just spoke. And then Jesus, after he sat down, he declared these words. We read them in verse 21. Today this Scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. For the Jewish believers... There's no doubt what Jesus was meaning at this point. What Jesus was saying, the words that I just declared to you have been fulfilled right here, right now as I spoke them. It is me. There is no doubt that the Jewish believers understood that he is, Jesus is the Messiah. The religious leaders in the synagogue, man, this is blasphemy. And they were upset. And it says in Scripture that they actually took him to a cliff. And they were planning on throwing him off of that cliff. And miraculously, I'd love to know more of this story. It just says that Jesus walked right through the crowd and left. He just left, walked right through the crowd. They're trying to kill him. He just walked right through the crowd. I want to see that. I want to know what took place. Today I want to focus on the work that Jesus was declaring that he, was going to, that he has done, that he is doing in our lives if we choose to put our faith in him. It's a powerful scripture. And the first thought I want to think about is that it says the spirit, Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Have you ever thought that the presence, and because here's what we think, we read that scripture and we think, man. Jesus is so mighty, so powerful. The spirit of the Lord is upon him. He was able to accomplish so many things. But then we never considered that the same spirit that was upon Jesus is the same spirit, if you are a believer and put your faith in Christ, is the same spirit that is on you, that is in you. Do you know you have the same power that Christ has, but we never, ac- we never access that power. In fact, Jesus says in his word, he said that you will even do mightier things than I Not talking about the cross, but talking about evangelism, about the things that we... He says, you'll even do mightier things like... Why? Are we better than... No, because the power of God rests upon us. His spirit rests on us. Sometimes we don't access the spirit of God in our life. Don't sell yourself short of what God wants to do in and through your life. What did Jesus say was the first purpose of that anointing? This is kind of interesting. He says to bring good news to the poor, the good news that Jesus is our Savior, that God sent Jesus to be the sacrifice for our sins, and we are to share that good news to others. Then in the middle of verse 18, the scripture states that Jesus says to proclaim liberty to the captives. You know, sin is something that grabs a hold of you. I don't know if you understand that, but sin has this Holding power, if you delve into it, if you decide you choose to move towards that directions, it can hold people captive. Think about it drug addiction, people that are that are just held captive to something, to a bondage, to sin, alcoholism, something that just holds someone. Bondage, sexual addiction, perversion that just holds people in bondage. Jealousy, you're jealous about everything everybody else has and that sin just holds you in bondage. Hate, all of a sudden you can't get hate out of your heart, it's just there. And that sin wants to hold you in bondage. Jesus came and he says, I came to set the captive free. How many of you are free here today? He has set you free. We don't have to be held captive. Sin is ugly. It wants to tear you apart. It wants to destroy your life. Jesus came to set you free. Are you being held captive to sin? Then ask God to forgive you of your sins and set you free by the power of his spirit and put your trust in him. The next statement Jesus reads is recovery of sight. To the blind, and we know that Jesus healed many who were physically blind. But I believe this goes even beyond the physical blindness, because what happens when we accept sin into our lives so many times, it blinds us from the truth of God's Word. Jesus wants to restore us so that our eyes are opened once again, not to sin, but to the love of Christ. He wants us to see this truth. There's a wonderful miracle that happens when we put our faith in Jesus, our eyes are open. Jesus then declares, he says, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. That's a struggle in today's society. Many people, it's probably one of the number one things that people are struggling with is oppression and depression and discouragement and heaviness and anxiety and all these different things. The word oppressed in the Greek means crushed or shattered by the heaviness of sin in this world. The New King James Version translates this to heal the brokenhearted, and I was thinking about that as I was preparing this message. I thought, how much of sin in this world has broken our hearts? The wayward child that's gone and no longer serving Christ. The death of a loved one that that was from a horrible situation. And all of a sudden, it can be so breaking in our lives. And that that weight can all of a sudden become so heavy in you that you hold on to that. Jesus wants to say, you know what? I'm healing the brokenhearted. I want you to let go of that and I want you to grab a hold of me. We need to grab a hold of Jesus. Jesus lifts the heaviness. Verse 19, Jesus states, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I really believe that in Isaiah, this is really referencing the year of Jubilee. I do. I, it's I, the Levitical law where every 50 years, the people were set free. Where all of a sudden, any, think about this. Come on, young, young people. Every 50 years, or some of you older people. <laughs> every 50 years, all your debts would be canceled. You would have no more debt. Mortgage paid off. In fact, any property that you ever sold would be returned back to you the year of jubilee. Jesus said to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. You see, the year of jubilee was something to reset Because God didn't want people in bondage. God wanted to set them free from that bondage. So every 50 years there would be a reset. And when Jesus came from heaven to earth, when Jesus was in the the synagogue in Nazareth, he said, this is the year of, of jubilee. This is the year I want to proclaim the Lord's favor. Because I came from heaven to earth to set you free from bondage. You no longer have to be indebted to sin because I'm going to pay the price for your sins on the cross of Calvary. And you can put your faith in me and you're set free. Have you ever thought about that? You're set free. You're free. I'm free indeed. Amen. Come on. Now we're getting a little better. I'm getting excited. Watch out. About ready to do a jubilee. No. Yeah. A March. When Jesus entered this world, he brought grace to us, an opportunity to receive forgiveness. Remember that Jesus was reading from the book of Isaiah. And I want to return to the book of Isaiah chapter 61 and continue reading from where Jesus was reading, but where he stopped. But we must first ask the question, why did Jesus stop reading in the middle of verse 2 of Isaiah 61. And I want to declare to you today, just a reminder, that when Jesus was reading the scroll, there was no chapters, there was no verse numbers. He was just reading. But he stopped specifically in the middle of what we see as verse 2. Why did he stop there? And we don't know 100% for sure. But most scholars believe that Jesus didn't want to focus on that next line and the day of vengeance of our God. The idea is that Jesus wanted people to know his first mission. And I want you to catch this. His first mission was a mission of grace. There will be a day of judgment. There is, that day is coming. There is a day of judgment. Don't, don't, don't fool yourselves. But Jesus said, that day is not here yet. Today is a day of grace. Today is a day of salvation. An opportunity to receive a reset. Grace. Grace. And remember, Jesus himself stated in John 12, 47, said, I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He was on a mission to bring grace. His first appearance, Jesus' first appearance to this world was an act of grace. But if we continue reading in this prophecy from Isaiah, the prophet goes on to give us a, a, another promise and Jesus gives it. Let me read it in verse three to you. Isaiah 61, three. It says, to grant them a beautiful Headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. I want to focus on the, that promise right there in the middle because I just really felt it, God laid it on my heart for this week. The garment of praise. Instead of a faint spirit, or as the New King James states, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. If you look at the Hebrew text, that word for faint or heaviness is the Hebrew word kiah, which is translated dim or somewhat dark. This verse refers to the spirit. And I believe it's a spirit. It's a spirit of discouragement or depression or anxiety or heaviness that gets on our lives. But something is very interesting. When you understand that Hebrew, uh, Hebrew word, if you go back to the very original root word of that Hebrew word, it actually adds more to it where it's growing dark. It's growing dim. It's growing dull. It's the same word that is used in First Samuel 3, 2 when the priest uh, Eli, when his eyesight was going poorly, it says that his eyes were growing dim, growing dark. It's the word that's used in Isaiah 42.3, where all of a sudden a candle, the flame of the candle is flickering, is about ready to go out. It talks about that diminishing, it's growing dark. And I share with you this today because the spirit of heaviness will gradually blind you to what God is doing in your life if you allow the spirit of heaviness just to sit upon you for too long, what it does, it starts to blind you from the goodness of God. You become so focused on the heaviness that you no longer are focusing on God's goodness. And I've noticed in my life that heaviness this disconnects me from God. It disconnects my spirit where praise connects my spirit. Heaviness disconnects. That's why David said in that psalm, why is my soul so downcast? What is wrong with me? Wake up. I will praise God today. I love David. I love his heart. He just goes after it. Maybe you're sitting here today and can't think of anything to praise God for. You're sitting here today. You're breathing. You're not in a bomb shelter somewhere. It's hiding and wondering if you're going to live or die today. See, Do you see how easy that was to just switch our focus? Instead of looking at my problems and all my difficulties and all the struggles and all the world... And stop looking at all the world scenario. Pray. You're not going to be able to solve all the world. You can pray. Pray. See, the spirit of heaviness wants to take your focus off the good in life so that all you can see is the problems. It's what causes people to entertain suicidal thoughts, they can have everything going in life, and yet at the same time, all of a sudden this heaviness comes upon them they start thinking these crazy thoughts because all of a sudden they can't see God's goodness. It's why it's so good sometimes just to take a walk down the beach and watch the ocean waves crash in and say, that's God's creation. Or just sit down outside and look at the trees and the wind come through the trees and the leaves fall. And, and just see how God's creation just keeps on moving forward. And just all of a sudden just to be able to say, thank you, Lord, that I'm part of your creation. See, when you begin to praise, you begin to remove the darkness from your vision and you replace it with the light of God's goodness. In life, we get in trouble when we take our eyes off of Jesus. The spirit of heaviness tends to grip I said, I want you to catch this. The spirit of heaviness has a grip of fear, where the spirit of praise has a grip of faith. The spirit of heaviness gives you this grip over your life of fear, where all of a sudden, if you put a, there's a spirit of praise, it transforms you into faith, takes you into faith in Jesus. When we start living in anxiety, we start feeling the need to resolve all the problems, me, myself, and I. How do I resolve it? How do I solve it? Instead of putting our focus back on God, hey, God, I have this problem. I need your help. Do you remember the scripture in Romans 8 28 says, God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to your purpose? Do you know that God is on, working on your behalf? He loves you, He cares for you. The troubles of this world are not greater than God, God is greater. God is greater. And it's not that we shouldn't do our best to make a difference in this world. Because we're called to serve others, no doubt about it. In fact, Jesus says that when we serve others, we're actually serving our Heavenly Father. So we're called to do all of that. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. And I'm not saying that we'll never face struggles or difficulties in our lives, in our life. But we do have a choice. We can either face those struggles or those difficulties in fear, or we can face them with faith. I'm choosing faith. How many of you are choosing faith today? Because my faith in Jesus is the only one who can save me. His, my faith in Jesus is the only one who can heal me. My faith in Jesus is the only one who can transform me into his image. Don't live life in your own strength. Live life through the power of God's strength. And I want to close today. And we're going to close a little differently today. Because I just feel like we need to praise the Lord. We're going to to end with the song that we began with today. We're going to praise the Lord. Amen. So lock the doors, ushers. No one's leaving. I don't care what football game, what dinner reservations you have. We're going to praise the Lord today. Because some of you need to lift that heaviness off of your life. And you need to praise the Lord. Let me close with five practical ways. Oh, my gosh, Pastor Tom, five? They're short. But I want you to write them down. Because if you're struggling with anxiety or fear or or heaviness in your life, write these things down because these are things that you can do to break that off of your life. First thing is give God praise. That's what we've been talking about today. Give God praise. Let Jesus take your heaviness. Let Jesus, think about this, what Jesus was saying. He says, I came and I want to take that spirit of heaviness and I want to replace it with a garment of praise. That's joy, by the way. That's just this, man, just this abundance of joy in your life when you step in and you all understand who the presence of God is in you. This begins when we start to praise God for his goodness. Second, pray with faith. We we, we can never underestimate the power of prayer. Jesus states, whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. When we pray, have faith and believe, God, help me with this. Watch what will take place. I, I am. I am almost one hundred percent sure. So many of our problems would be solved with prayer, but we just with prayer. But we just don't take time to pray. We say we do, but do you? Or do you just complain to God? There, oh, whew, I got to go there. There's a difference between complaining to God and praying in faith. You can go to God and complain, Lord, why is this happy? Why is this over He probably just turns you down because it's like, I turn you down, man. It's like. But, man, when all of a sudden we come to God in faith, God, you are the miracle worker. You are my redeemer. You are my salvation. You are my healer. Lord, I have an issue. But God, I know that this issue is not greater than you. You are greater than it. So God, I pray today in Jesus' name, come and fill me with the power of your spirit. Help me to overcome. There's a difference in prayer. I want prayer meetings on Sunday nights to be filled with just this energy and this enthusiasm. Not that, that we're gathered together, but that we're worshiping him. That we're serving a God that is a miracle worker. Third, confess your sins. One of the heaviest things that you can carry around in your life is sin. Man, sin burdens you down. If you're feeling heavy, man, examine yourself. Do you have sin in your life? Unconfessed sin that you just need to give to God? Just say, God, forgive me. Watch what will happen. It lightens your your path, it lightens your load because God will forgive you. The Bible says he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. Fourth, obey God's word. First, read it because you gotta know what it says in there and then start to obey it. God's word brings truth into your life and it's the truth of his word that will set you free from the lies of this world. Fifth thing, Surround yourself with Christian friends. Surround yourself with people that will lift you up. Paul states that we are called to encourage one another in the faith. Do you have some encouragers? Or do you just have downers? People who discourage you. Not that, see, we're there to encourage those people. But we're not there to be encouraged by them. Where does the step is to get to people who love us, who will encourage us, who have great faith. Who's surrounding you? Because they'll help you lift that burden of heaviness. But the most important to remember, they are not your number one friend. Your number one friend is Jesus. These are secondary friends. I want to encourage you this Thanksgiving season as we walk into it, less than two weeks two weeks away, to allow Jesus to lift the spirit of heaviness from your life and replace it with the garment of praise. Come on, how many of you guys want to do that today? Come on, will you stand with me today? Come on, stand. Stand. And let's put our faith in Christ today. Let's not let that spirit of heaviness grab a hold of us today. But let's choose to say, Lord, I'm going to praise you today. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that, Lord God, you are the King of kings and Lord of lords. Right now, Lord, I pray that you receive our praise today. And as we praise you, God, I pray for any heaviness that might be in this this audience today. God, that burden, that heaviness, that will be lifted, Lord God, as we praise your name. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.